Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. This show is all about commercial property investing for the private investor. Whether you're just getting started or scaling up your portfolio, through interviews, tips and lessons learned along the way, we want to give you the inspiration, knowledge and confidence to enjoy this great cash flowing strategy. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by John Loudon um, of Property Auctions Scotland to talk us through the process of auctions, particularly, obviously, to do with commercial property. So welcome, John. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Um, John, we've done a couple of things recently. We've, I've been to one of your um, events because I've got back to live in rooms, which is fantastic. And I know you have been running during lockdown some online events as well, um, providing a great, I guess, environment for people to network, but also just sharing some experiences and knowledge about auctions. Yeah. So uh, I really appreciate you coming and joining us and doing the same uh, for the podcast. No, thank you. Maybe, maybe you could just give us a wee background um, about yourself, though, and how you've actually got to this point in your career yep. um, with property auctions. Okay. No, with pleasure. And thanks for the invitation, Jerry. So um, I've been with Auction House Scotland for uh, just over seven years. Uh, the company itself in current format has been probably in excess of 10, 11 years, something like that. Um, prior to this, um, I was involved with uh, letting services business. I was never a letting agent. I was dealing with uh, pre and post tenancy services. So for about four or five years, I was looking after uh, setting up tenancy agreements, uh, tenant referencing, rent guarantees, those kind of things. Um, and a lot of it also then gravitated towards the back end being uh, services notice, uh, recovery of, of arrears, short, uh, small claims, those, those kind of all that lovely all stuff. All that, all that yeah. lovely stuff. So, <laughs> so as part of that, I was doing a little bit of property sourcing or coming across properties that were available. Um, that brought me into contact with the guys at Auction House because I put a couple of properties through auction as part of that. Um, and then an opportunity arose to... Uh, join up with the team in a sort of business development type role um, and I've been delighted to have been doing that for those seven odd years since then so happy days all good. What I do find interesting is in your role obviously you're out looking at lots of different properties that Mm -hmm. potentially going to come to auction it must be fascinating you must have seen a right mixture of properties. Yeah. <laughs> a, mi- a, mi- a mixture is probably uh, quite a good term, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the good, the, good you... the bad and the ugly. Oh, for sure, yeah. And um, yeah, I know the title of the business is um, Property Auction Scotland, but just you know, just to clarify, geographically, what kind of area do you cover? Do you, do you go into the north of England at all? How does that work? So, well, just for clarity, it's, it's, so it's Auction House Scotland, Jerry. So um, yep. Auction House Scotland is part of Auction House UK. So 
Um, as you've said, uh, the name of the business would suggest that geographically we cover Scotland, which we absolutely do. Um, we do, depending on the client, we talk about client vendor choice, really. Um, so if somebody that we've dealt with regularly has property outside of our normal geographic range, then absolutely we can do it. If somebody has property uh, who would prefer to use a local auction house, then we are quite happy to partner up with one of the other uh, auction house locations. We've So whilst we cover Scotland, um, we have about another 40 uh, locations through the, uh, right. through the business. So yeah, I mean, there's no... Geography is not a limitation, uh, and we can either directly or in partnership with with one of our uh, sister businesses, uh, we can uh, deal with property of any variety uh, in any area. So, yeah, it works very well. Great. That, that's fantastic to hear. Right. Okay. And, and interesting, I was looking at your current auction properties on the website just mm-hmm. earlier on, and mm. it is a good mix. Uh, there are quite a few commercial in there from hotels to restaurants. Yeah. In fact, one of the restaurants... Um, that's on the site. My wife and I used to go to years ago, and and, and it was a Chinese restaurant that yeah. uh, really, we liked the going one, to. The, 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 one, the one in Dunfermline. The one yeah. in Dunfermline, and there yeah. it is on the auction. Yeah. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, well, I, I like you've been there as well. So, um, yeah, that that's probably it's commercial, but it's probably the uglier end of commercial. Yeah, I suggest if you've looked at the pictures as well. Yeah, yeah, it's been vacant for a little while, hasn't it? Well, and, I don't, I don't think we'd be going through the front door just now to have a have a curry, would you? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it just just out of interest, is is hospitality an area where you are seeing more properties, or is it kind of business as usual? Um, I, I think we've, we, I mean, we've always been involved in uh, hospitality and leisure businesses generally. Um, I guess over the last couple of three years you know maybe that 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 sector has had its its challenges let's say um and you know licensed trade i guess particularly from from as early as the i guess the smoking ban really um things started to uh, to change a little bit in that respect so uh yeah pubs retail premises uh you know restaurants hotels b&bs as you've seen yeah we, we get we get regular opportunities uh, through all of those uh, sectors. I mean, auction doesn't necessarily provide the, the the perfect solution for any or all of those, but it's you know it's always an option that uh, that, that can be presented, and 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 if it works, it works, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, commercial doesn't form the biggest part of what we do as an auction house broadly, but we're seeing a growing demand from investors like yourself to maybe look at. You know, commercial for commercial, as I think is is, is more your slant, but yeah. commercial to residential is also uh, gaining traction as well. So, um, yeah, lots of opportunities and, and our buyer base, I would suggest, for those type of opportunities is, is probably growing fairly regularly. So, yeah, keen, yeah, keen to keep expanding that side of the business. Okay, so maybe we should take a wee step back here and actually just go through the process. Mm-hmm. So... From the stage when you may get a call or an email or something about mm-hmm. a potential property, can you just talk us through that process of going out to view, if indeed you do, the the, the auction of the property, and then through, of course, to the keys being handed over, whether mm-hmm. whether or not you're you're involved in that process. Maybe you could just talk us through that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and and it's it's good to point out there is a there is a process. People people think that it's a fairly random setup, but <laughs> and there there's absolutely is a method behind it. The madness. So the the first step, of course, is to is to understand the the client's needs or wants. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, we've got to try and match that. So people's circumstances are different. 
Uh, so understanding the client situation, what they're what they're looking to achieve, how quickly they're looking to achieve, and you know, in terms of pound notes, I guess. So you know, particularly with commercial, as hopefully you'll agree, Jerry, commercial property tends to focus more on potential returns than it does necessarily on on bricks and mortar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, if it's maybe something you know we can sell properties that are currently tenanted or or vacant. So if it's tenanted, you know, what's the rent that's coming in? Um, what kind of rental yield would a would a commercial investor be looking to achieve in any given? In any given area or any given sector, for that matter, because uh, I think those those numbers probably differ. Um, if it's vacant property, you know what would be the outcome um, or, the, or the end game, if you like, and you know, whether it is for rental or whether it's for some form of conversion or change of use. So, <clears throat> understanding client situation, looking to see what what we feel to be from our experience and from you know from 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 current comparables, what for an auction audience would we feel to be a a reasonable guide price auction works with guide prices, as you probably know. Yeah. So the guide the guide price is there to attract competitive interest because clearly an auction requires you know competition to be you know to maximise its success. So at what level do we feel we could list with a guide price, or what guide price could we list with rather uh, to attract that competition? Uh, and obviously, if the if the client is on the same page as us, uh, to coin a cliche in in that respect, then. You know, we would look to list the property, obviously get the, the, the formal instruction uh, from the client and uh, move things forward in terms of, of, you know, floor plans, leases, if there's a lease in place, uh, photography, you know, all the good stuff. List it through all the key portals, um, right move commercial, Zoopla commercial. We, we've started using Reala, which uh, many of you will know yeah. as well. Um, and basically just, you know, assess the strength of interest um commercial is possibly because of the the, the comps and the yields and those kind of things it, it may not be as quite as precise a science let's say as as maybe residential because yeah. i mean you, you you're an expert in the field jerry but um you know sometimes it's, it's a little bit more challenging to find the you know the pound shillings and pence exact price point yeah. um but ultimately as we see every day you know something's worth what someone's going to pay for it so we'll, we'll come at it with best intentions um, and assess the strength of, of, of interest from our buyer's network. And um, hopefully, assuming that the, the, the interest comes at a level that, that should produce a successful sale, we would then agree with the client what the, the reserve price is. Um, so to help people understand, the, the guide price is there to attract the competition. The reserve price is the minimum level below which we cannot sell it in an auction environment, be it live or you know live in room or, or online or live stream and um, but the reserve does have a link to the guide the reserve can be no more than 10 percent above the guide price um, it's a confidential number but uh, agreed between ourselves and and the, and the seller it doesn't need to be at the maximum level and indeed it can be below the guide price um, but in most circumstances we, we want the guide to be as aggressive as it can be attract the competition Get it into the let's just talk about live auction rooms because we're delighted to be back live in the room uh, now, which is great. Um, so agree the reserve, and then our uh, auctioneer will run the auction in the room. So what we what we're always cautious of by protecting uh, a seller's asset is we won't tend to list something in the catalogue for the live room if there has been no interest. 
um, because the, the process, you may want to cover this in a moment, but the process of due diligence on behalf of the buyer uh, involves their review of the legal pack, review of the lease, if indeed there is one, speaking to a solicitor, looking at the funding, phoning us, you know, coming to viewings. If none of that has happened, with the best will in the world, we, we know 99.9% .9 that that property is not going not to sell on auction. So we want to assess the interest first and foremost. If the interest is there, put it into the next available auction um, and then let the auctioneer and the auction process do what it does so particularly well, which is to, to have people competing and bidding against each other and subject to reaching the reserve, the, the highest bidder will win the property. Let me ask you a question. Have you heard of SAS pensions? They're a fantastic tool for business owners to wrap a commercial property up in a tax-free bubble. A SAS can work particularly well with the CMO strategy to generate money both inside and outside of your pension. It goes without saying, I'm not a SAS expert, but let me introduce you to someone that is. Bryn Walker has been advising on SAS pensions for many years and has been a long-term supporter of the CPI network. SAS and commercial property work incredibly well together, but there are many nuances and Bryn will make sure you don't stray from the right path. Look in the show notes for the partner link and book up a SAS discovery call with Bryn. Um, but if it, doesn't, if it hasn't had the interest, and, and commercial particularly sometimes can take a little while to find the right level or, or attract the interest because of the due diligence that a buyer needs to go through, if it hasn't had any interest, we, we won't show it to the room. And the reason for that is that if something goes unsold through auction, then the sort of perceived value can reduce and does reduce. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're always keen to be very responsible in terms of how we list the, 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 the property and, and how we uh, lot the property uh, to make sure that we are uh, retaining the value of the client's asset as best we can. But ultimately, yes, get, get into the room, let bidding do what it does so well and, and get it sold and secured for the, for the seller. And once once the um, hammers come down and it's been mm -hmm. agreed, there is yep. then a certain period of time that that the transaction has to take place. The confines of auction determine that it's, it, we we run what's called an unconditional auction. So what that means is if if a property sells in the auction for say two hundred thousand pounds for sake of a number, a ten percent deposit, so twenty thousand pound deposit in that case, um, is required at time of agreement um, in, on, on sale. Um, and the transaction is required to complete, unless the, the, the seller has agreed otherwise, but typically uh, the transaction will complete in no more than 28 days. It can be less than that. Um, so again, uh, I guess we'll probably touch on it. It's, it's something that, that, that potential buyers want to be fully aware of. It's what the expectation is uh, in terms of completion. But in simplest sense, 10% unconditional deposit, 28 days completion, and on or before those 28 days, the other 90% uh, of the of the agreed sale becomes payable. So just going back through that, John, it, it, mm -hmm. it strikes me that the seller, from a seller's point of view, the process may not be as quick as they might first think. In that, um, obviously, we need to align up with a date of an actual auction. Mm -hmm. But equally, your process is to make sure that there is some interest in the property. So it may get listed. Yeah, um, it may get listed and not actually listed in that property auction if um, it, it appears that there's no appetite for it at that point, and the seller's going to have to wait a little bit of time until there's yeah. enough exposure for the property. Yeah, 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 without a doubt. I mean, pri priced properly, 
we would expect any any property, be it commercial or residential, to attract interest almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, then you, you've got to reflect the, the amount of time that a buyer would need to do their own due diligence, as we mentioned, because you know the, the more complex that due diligence or the more complex the opportunity, let's say, uh, perhaps that may take a little while longer. But in, in a general sense, probably the, the property is, is available and for sale as soon as we're under instruction, we have it, we have it listed yeah. on the on the portals, whatever those may be. But but three weeks probably should be about enough time to for, for, for a properly priced property to attract the interest, allow us to conduct viewings and, and whatever else needs to be done um, and, and have you know more fully assessed the, the interest. So yes, it's, it's for sale immediately, um, but it won't necessarily go immediately into the auction room. But yeah. we're, we're, we're always careful to make sure that, that sellers fully understand what that is um, and the speed of completion is, is, is if you like stage two of the of the process so pre-marketing or pre-auction marketing and then the actual the actual auction sale would be the, the, the simplest way some of these properties will sell before auction they some can do. sell mm-hmm. after auction mm-hmm. um, what's the kind of percentages on that I'm you know I appreciate I've not primed you on that but you know yeah. is there um, you know if you had half a dozen commercial properties going into an auction would you expect any of them to go beforehand is it the rare occasion when they do or mm, no, it's a, it's, yeah it's, it's a, how long is a piece of string question yeah. i suppose really but um a lot of that relies again i'm not trying to avoid a direct question saying like a politician but um a lot depends on the feedback uh, from from the market yeah. um we 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 have to recognize that the property is the you know, it's owned by the client. So we'll always, as, as any agency would do, we always take clients' instructions. So largely the, the decision whether to pre-sell or, or, you know, during pre-auction marketing, pre-sell um, is as much as then determined by the client's situation. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. If they, you know, if, if time is absolutely of the essence, then even if we have a property which has attracted, you know, relatively strong interest, uh, but an offer comes in. If the client chooses to accept that, you know we we may we may recommend to the client that you know we think this this should go to the auction yeah. room and will do quite well. If the auction, for example, is two weeks out, three weeks out, um, and they feel that you know the extra couple of three thousand pounds or however much it may be, you know bidding can go crazy, you know. But um, we can say, look, we think we'll do better in the auction room if they want to sell it. They, they can they absolutely can do that at which point it's still going to be secured unconditionally and and the 28 days starts from from then so no i, I don't i don't think there'd be an absolute percentage um you know recent but events or over the last couple of years maybe have changed people's attitude because they maybe not been able to to sell or, or they've taken yeah. a while to formulate their uh you know exact motivation but um yeah i mean it's it's available it's for sale if the client so, wants to sell it they can do that so it does happen it does happen it does happen it? absolutely yeah, yeah not all the yeah. time and it's we're just talking there or you were mentioning about speed and and that being one of the main reasons or a reason somebody why i want to sell mm-hmm. through an auction what other reasons have you come across i mean i think a lot of people feel or certainly are wary of commercial property going through auction they think well what's wrong Mm-hmm. But there'll be there'll be more reasons than just speed, um, John. Mm-hmm. That people put things into auction. Maybe you could just talk a little bit through that. 
I think I think the main thing again, particularly maybe coming at it from a from a commercial perspective, um, and where we've had success in in a number of partnerships with conventional commercial agents, if you like, that we've created, the two are are inextricably linked. But the certainty of the sale, and again, yeah. you know, I, I defer to your far greater expertise, Jerry. But my understanding of of commercial is that very often offers that are made are you know, loaded with with various conditions, be they planning, be they changing, whatever those conditions may be. Um, and, and the risk, I guess, of that from a seller's perspective is that if those conditions aren't satisfied over whatever length of time is taken to determine whether they are or they aren't, um, if those conditions aren't satisfied, the, the, the sale will fall through. Um, so not only has the seller then lost however long that's taken to, to, to get to an end uh, in terms of time, they may also have lost other potential buyers who are showing interest at that at that time. I, I kind of say that, you know, uh, we are um, competing for people's money. And I think that's definitely the case when you're dealing in an investor market. You know, you as an investor yourself, Jerry, you're, you're looking for opportunity. You're looking for return. Um, and if you can't get your opportunity from property A because it's it's you know under offer, you know, you you're absolutely going to go off and look at opportunity B, C, D, whatever that is. So, you know, you may have been interested three months ago, but in that passing of three months you found something else. So you've you've you know you've counted yourself out. Yeah. So that that certainty of sale, the unconditional nature that we operate has has proved to be hugely beneficial. Um, within the commercial market. So the, the two big boxes are always going to be speed and certainty, but particularly from commercial, um, I think the certainty has, has played as, as, as big a role as the, as the speed has. Interesting. Okay, so with the commercial properties that come through, again, uh, one of those string questions, but is there a reasonable number that are coming through um, perhaps liquidations, or are a lot of them actually coming directly from landlords or business owners? A bit of both. I mean, the, the corporate corporate sales across the board are probably not as prevalent in auction as, as many people would think they are. Um, I, again, I can because of the, the slant towards residential. That the in, in the residential market, in terms of auction sales, probably only about two percent of the total sales are of that nature, corporate, be they insolvency or be they, you know, repossession. Um, does that number hold true with commercial? No, I, I couldn't I couldn't be 100% certain. We, we've probably done, from a personal nature, we've probably done more directly with the with the seller. So, I mean, it's, you yeah. know, privately owned or however it's owned rather than insolvency or, or, or uh, repossession. But, yeah, I mean, we do, in auction broadly, you know, we do get corporate work, but it, it's, it's not at as high a level as, as probably some people think. Yeah, it interesting. Okay. Mm. Let's just talk a little bit about some lots. So okay. um, recently, have things changed or has business continued in the same kind of vein? And what I mean by that is just the, the type of properties that are coming through. Has that changed at all? Is it more office, more industrial, less industrial perhaps? Mm. What what have you noticed, John? Any trends? I, I think, um, as again, deferring to your expertise, I think in terms of the general market, there's there's some areas that have have done 
you know, particularly well. Oh, you know, offices, obviously, because of circumstance, have, uh, have probably come to the market maybe more as, as companies have perhaps looked to downsize or change the way that they've been they've been working. Industrial has, has continued to be quite a strong, strong, strong market anyway. Yeah. So um, where, where most of ours has been, as touching back on what we spoke about earlier, you know, uh, pubs, bed and breakfasts, you know, people's people's view of life generally has changed over over two or three years, hasn't it? Sure, so, sure. Um, you know, what, what's what's important has has differed. So, I would say our, our slant probably has been in those kind of areas, m- maybe not in the larger hotels and those kind of things, but you know, bed and breakfast that perhaps have struggled, um, yeah, pubs as we've as we've touched upon. Um, but from a positive point of view, we can bring more to the party now because of the demand coming in from from buyers so you know we, we we spoke about commercial to residential conversion there's there's stronger demand for that currently because people are looking at different projects as much as anything because they've maybe not been able to get some of the the off-market more vanilla residential deals than they've been able to get before so i don't i don't think the i don't think the the types of commercial entities that we're dealing with has probably changed too much but I, I would suggest that possibly the 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 the, the buyer types or the, the numbers of buyers has probably changed a little bit in terms of more interest for individual properties if that makes sense yeah that does make mm. sense yeah it's interesting mm. and, and people are educating themselves much more Absolutely. interestingly a couple of individuals that we're working with are looking at that guest house market mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to develop out the, the still in the accommodation market, but effectively taking out, stripping out the costs and the, the, the non-income producing areas and making those into lettable space. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're taking that traditional model and putting technology in there to run it rather than people. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that on one side that market is waning, and on the other side there's there's some really good opportunities there. Yeah, yeah. Have have um have you come across any odd, peculiar lots in your in your time, John? Any any interesting? The more peculiar, the better, I think. Jerry. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. No, I mean we we had a sort of in the early days of of our business uh, before my time in in the business, but probably one that put a. A line in the sand and 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 you know bolted us uh, into the market was we we actually sold uh, you remember a, a character Jimmy Savile oh yes uh, infamous um, we probably ten years or so ago we were actually we sold his residential property uh, up in Glencoe uh-huh. um, it, it generated for us as a business obviously you know massive. Uh, levels of publicity, probably both good and bad, because there was probably plenty of people who didn't, you know, didn't want the property sold. Yeah. There was plenty of people who wanted to forget all about it. Um, but the uh, the whole the whole press around that was uh, was massive, and I think that probably, um, you know, promoted, <laughs> ironically, promoted our business quite quite strongly in terms of the uh, in, in terms of the publicity that was that was around that. So. Um, you know that was obviously some time ago. Um, re- more recently, we've we've done some again closer to to you know our home. We we did a, an amazing deal up in a piece of farmland just north of Dunfermline, um, where it was a you know, basically a, a ruined structure. Um, we like, I mean, it wasn't necessarily commercial, but um, it was one of those ones that was very difficult to put any sort of 
number yeah. against. Um, so we we had it on a guide of, if I recall, £35,000. It was a five-acre plot, but it was, um, you know, it was it was going to be a difficult development, commercial or otherwise. £35,000, it sold at auction for grand. So, wow. you know, it's just, um, you know, the, the, the more unusual, the better, because, as you mentioned, people are getting more educated um, and, and are, you know, to, to coin a cliched phrase, you know, working within a power team that are producing, you know, quite stunning ideas and, and, and great goals. Um, and some of these, um, you know, we, we can only paint a picture, paint a picture of opportunity, I guess, as best as we can. Um, but some of the some of the people that are now entering the market and the ideas that they've got, as you mentioned, a properly priced opportunity can bring people towards it that we would never have perceived before and hence the competition and hence the, the huge success of, of, of some auction sales. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, oh gosh, I mean, every, everyone is, uh, has has some story behind it, but some are, some are absolutely a little bit more unique, <laughs> let's say, than, uh, than, than others. And, you know, the one, the one you mentioned, the restaurant as well, you know, that, that could be, there's lots of different ways that that could be utilised or, or converted, you know, mixed use, or it could you know, perhaps be all residential, you know, or maybe keep some commercial on the bottom and the residential on the top. So, you know, it's... I, I would I would never try and second guess what somebody's going to do with, with something that's a little bit more off the wall, you know. Have you seen any where you've been surprised yourself where maybe somebody's managed to, certainly in your mind, pick up a bargain? Is there still opportunities there where, where properties go through the auction and maybe you've only come across it a year or so later and somebody's done something that you just think, wow, that that is not what we perceived that property could have been used for? Maybe not so much in terms of use, but just in terms of what, what people can do. You know, even, even you know, on a residential side, I'm, I'm continually amazed as to how well and how quickly those that are expert in the field, yourself included, can, you know, visualise and, and create some of the outcomes that they, that, that they do and, and to such a high quality within, you know, a very... To, to, I'll call myself uneducated because I'm not investing myself, but to the uneducated in terms of how well, um, quickly and cost-effectively somebody can do some of these amazing transformations. Remembering that we are acting for the selling clients, Jerry. So if, if somebody's getting a bargain, we've probably not done our job particular, <laughs> particularly well. Nobody's which, lo- yeah, don't worry, John. Don't worry. Yeah. It's only between you and me this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, you know, we, we, we want people to, um, we, obviously we want to serve our sellers particularly well um, and, and achieve the very best numbers that we can. Um, but from a, from a buyer's perspective, you know, we would far rather have people that have had a, a good buying experience and whether that's good in terms of the price that they've, they've got something for or whether it's good just in terms of the, you know, their general experience. We would rather have people that have, have enjoyed dealing with us and come back because they want to deal with us again and they know that you know we're, we're being open and transparent um, and, and doing things properly because um, it's far easier to sell more to less people than it is to keep finding new people to sell to so course, yeah. you know that that's that's our sort of philosophy so yeah 
bargains is a is a strange word. We we want we want both the buyer and the seller yeah. to be yeah. to be happy with the outcome. I, I, that, I that, can, that's that political. I can understand that political <laughs> answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let, let's just talk a little bit about that information and due diligence because mm-hmm. my um, my personal experience with some I've never actually bought during auction. And okay, I have, I have bought um, before and after, but. Mm-hmm. One of the things that sometimes frustrates me or, or almost makes me, amuses me is that sometimes the information packs, and I'm, and I'm not talking about Auction House Scotland, mm-hmm. sometimes the information packs can be slightly um, ambiguous, maybe even possibly presented in a, dare I say, slightly misleading, or at least mm. it could feel that way, misleading mm. way. What do you do in terms of due diligence to make sure that that buyer information pack is as full as possible? Is there some fundamentals that must be in there from the seller? I guess the, 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 the only the only must-haves are the, you know, the title sheet, the title plan, I guess. If something has been through planning, uh, you know, if somebody says to us, well, you know, this it's been planning approved, blah, 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 then obviously we would want that to be within the information pack that we are we are providing. There, there's there's probably a, a differences between, you know, the legal pack, which, you know, many people will, will have heard that, the phrase, there's a legal pack is provided to us through the solicitors. Yeah. Um, but the related information um, that, that we want to provide as a reputable brand will be to make sure that what a client has said to us, um, we can verify as best as we as best we possibly can. So if somebody says something's been through planning, absolutely we want to make the, the, the planning documents and any related information available. If somebody says they've got a you know a lease or a tenancy agreement in place at X amount for X amount of time and breaks and this and that, then obviously we want to be able to present that to the potential buyers as well. So you know, we would like to try and put ourselves in a buyer's position when we're bringing stock on to say, well, what, what would they need and, and how much of that can we get? Now, it's also fair to say that sometimes, and it's not necessarily condition related, but sometimes there's, there's, there's gaps in information that is what perhaps has, has ended up with the property being on the in option, option anyway. Um, so we will always endeavour to try and fill as best we can any of those gaps. If somebody asks us something, we will always try and find it out. If we we would never miss something out by intention, and we know where the you know the, at, at the basic level what should be there, um, just through experience and, and through you know dealing with the likes yourself, Jerry, and and, and and other expertise as well. So, um, but if somebody asks us a question, we will always try and find out. Um, if we can't find out, we can't find out. And that's, yeah. I guess, is the the element of, of risk, I suppose, that's associated with, with an unconditional auction purchase. Um, but we'll certainly not leave anything out that we've, we've got. If we know something, we're duty-bound to reveal it. If we don't know, we'll try and find out. If we can't find out, clearly we can't we can include it. So yeah. um, it, 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 I guess it ultimately becomes the buyer's attitude to risk but but not for a moment and i don't know whether this is what you're getting at or not not for a moment are we actually trying to catch somebody out that's not what we're about um, and it shouldn't be what any reputable option company is about Le- legal buy should exist there are minimum requirements of what should be in that any other information we'll always try and get and and so we can present this full of picture 
But if, if we can only get it to 90%, well, you know, the, the, the buyer needs to satisfy themselves that the, the 10% they're, they're happy with, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and as you said, from a business point of view, to grow a business, you want repeat customers. It's just 100%. easier to keep repeat customers and serve them again and again, whereas finding new customers just takes more effort, doesn't it? And that, well, good, well good, good, good repeat business is great, but also with the online world being as it is now, if you were to buy something through me or through ourselves and we made it a bad experience, not only would you never buy from us, but you tell everybody else why they shouldn't buy from yeah. us as well. Absolutely. So Google ratings and Trustpilot and all the all the good stuff that exists, you know, we, we want good reviews and, and one bad review can can you know seriously damage a business and we don't want to be part of that. Yeah. So just leading on from that, the last couple of questions here. If somebody's just starting out from a buyer's point of view, they, they've maybe started building up their portfolios. Um, in commercial and now they're starting to spot one or two coming through auction what are Mm -hmm. the top three tips you would give someone who's sort of starting to approach this now number one is due diligence clearly and that that encompasses a you know a a lot and it probably is 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 everything with with you know due diligence point one point two point three Make sure that you've got some some good expert advice. If you're working with a mentor, I don't know if you know anyone, Jerry, that runs mentorship. <laughs> um, you know, use your use your network. Uh, make yeah. sure you're educated. Make sure you know this is not going to be three. Um, make sure you know what your end game is. Um, you know, and, and with with commercial to residential, particularly or commercial broadly, uh, your end game. There, there's lots of different choices. So know what you're actually going to do. Um, and, and get good advice around that. You know, consider the market. Is there a market for it? Get good legal advice as well. We spoke about the legal pack. You know, let your solicitor, a specialist solicitor, probably from a commercial environment, have a look at that. Don't trust your own judgment unless you're, you know, very well down the road yourself. It's always worth spending a little bit of money for a, a solicitor to to dot I's and cross T's than, than rely necessarily on yourself. But the big thing would be as well, make sure that you're going to be able to complete, make sure that you've got your finance in place. We're, we're taking an unconditional deposit, not with a view of keeping somebody's money. We would never want to do that. Um, but... That is the that is what encourages people to complete. So whatever your route to finance is, make sure that, that your 28 days is, is going to be achievable. And, and don't pay more than you need to pay. It sounds strange for or want to pay or 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 don't pay more than a level at which point the deal actually still stacks. Sounds strange for an auctioneer to be saying that because we want people to pay as much as they possibly can. Again, in the vein of we want repeat business. There will be a line, it may be a maybe a hazy line sometimes, but there will be a line whereby the deal that you're thinking or you know, the end game that you have in mind and the cost that you've you've you spent time and no doubt money calculating, there will be a, a line where it just doesn't make sense anymore. And you know, why why would you why would you do that? So, you know, don't don't get caught up. And that's probably, Jerry, why maybe you've had greater success maybe pre-auction and, and, and post-auction because you're not getting involved and in fully in a bidding environment. Um, but if, <laughs> Don't trust if yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, if, uh, well, that's the thing. If, you, if you're in the room, you know, oh, it's just another thousand or it's just another 5,000. Every time I'm talking to people, I'm keen to say, look, you know, don't, don't go beyond where the deal actually continues to stack. 
Um, I think what I think what some people don't realize when they're bidding against somebody else who is driving the price up is that they might might not have the same strategy or outcome that absolutely. you're projecting, mm. and therefore mm. the the property has a different value to them. Mm-hmm. So, but if you're still competing on the basis that you believe they're going to be doing exactly the same thing, and you know I just mm. need to get it, that that's mm. when you really start getting into trouble. Oh, 100. Again, slanting over to residential, that that's something that does happen now. You know, 28 days is not an awful long time for a conventional, you know, owner-occupier type buyer to buy something. Normal lending maybe doesn't move quite as quickly as that. But, you know, we've we've definitely had instances where owner-occupiers have been bidding against investors. Owner-occupiers are going to be there for 10 years, 15 years, whatever. You know, the margin doesn't really matter to them. But as an investor, you know, if you're looking to flip, be it commercial, be it residential, you know, you're, you're building in your margin. So there's always going to be other opportunities, always going to be. So, you know, why why give away all your margin just by getting caught up in a bidding environment? Yeah. But um, So know where the lines are and, and try not to go beyond them. Okay. All right. Thanks, John. That's been a great vision into how auctions work and how um, sellers and buyers can benefit from them. What I'm getting from you is that the auction... Um, lots that are coming out aren't significantly changing in the types that are coming out but what is changing is a little bit more sophistication from the buyer point of view yeah and a little bit more competition there and some of those quirky ones that maybe were just left before um, people with a bit more confidence and experience are now picking these up because they've got some skills there on how to redevelop them out to new offers they've worked out what the market wants and this particular property is maybe not providing that right now but they've worked out a way of doing that yeah looking forward and and i I know this is difficult again but looking forward what's your feelings for the next sort of 12 months have you seen any indication that things are slowing down, that the phone calls are still happening, that everything is still moving in the same direction? I think you're, you're, you're asking me a question that many, many experts wouldn't really be able mm. to answer, would they? But the, the, the mood in the camp certainly yes. seems to be that, that, that things are things are slowing. Are, are we in recession? Are we approaching recession? I don't know. Ask, ask five experts. You get five different replies, probably, course, wouldn't yeah. you? But... Um, Certainly, over the last couple of months, I think a lot of the a lot of the heat in the market, and I guess the same would apply in commercial. A lot of the heat in the market was driven by a lack of a lack of supply, um, for for any number of different reasons. Um, that I think is is balancing a little bit. Um, I think the, the 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 market is probably still buoyant in inverted commas, um, but we are getting more interest or more inquiry from those who are on the market who historically would have sold with a snap of a finger okay commercial doesn't maybe sell necessarily quite as quickly as that because of the complexity of the process but i have no reason to think that that's going to be that 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 would necessarily mean it's any different so we were affected as a as a company by the strength of the conventional market and dare i say that you know more state agent we're, we're probably selling stock, which three years ago we may have regarded as our our stock, really. Yes. Um, and and that's that's starting to that's starting to change. You know, the, the the slower stock is becoming more obvious than than perhaps it was before. Uh, so we're certainly seeing the, or hearing the telephone ringing a little bit more with people who are becoming a little bit frustrated um, with the speed of the transaction not being there as they expect it to be. Um, and, and I guess probably degree of overpricing is, is impact. Things are exceeding whatever level. Um, 
you know, value and, and, and sales value are not necessarily the same thing, are they? So, um, you know, properties were selling particularly well. And I, I think that's I think that's changing. So, yeah, twelve months. Oh gosh, I don't I don't know. But the, the, the I see the mood in the camp is it, it it's slow, um, that's, that's and, and that and that is drifting. That's drifting more opportunity back towards us. I think. Yeah, yeah. So really, for for listeners, is just watch this space. Keep keep. Um, it's it's maybe a good time to get back into the auction um circles just always a good time jerry of course of course <laughs> but for those that maybe have been sitting on the fence for a little bit john it's yeah, time yeah. to get back in there and get a visual of what's happening yeah. so when the right bargain comes up bargain that's the wrong word right <laughs> when the right property comes up for you you're ready for it because you've already done yeah. some analysis on what's happening through through the auction houses so Absolutely. john for those that want to do that um where can they find you give can you Give us just a few details on Auction House Scotland. We're on all the all the social media channels. So we have our Facebook page. I don't have the addresses in front of me, Jerry, unfortunately, but I mean you'll find it easy enough. So Auction House Scotland Facebook page, uh, Instagram um, is the thing. I don't claim to understand Instagram much, but it exists, <laughs> and we're and we're there. LinkedIn as well. My uh, my personal page on LinkedIn, and obviously, you know, I believe you're still allowed to pick up the phone and connect with people that well, way. You so. are, yeah, occasionally, yeah. <laughs> So the the office the office number is zero one four one three three nine double four double six. We have various information available as well, which we're always happy to uh, to email out, uh, help people understand. We we want people to be comfortable um, with auction. We want to take away the, the the fear and the uncertainty. So we're always happy to try and try and educate. My personal email address is john j o h n auctionhousescotland.com. Uh, so you can reach me through any of those, and as I say, the the, the, the social media channels are are easily uh, easily found as well. Fantastic, John. And we'll put your email and phone number in the bottom of the show notes. Ah, so thank you. Can, can yeah. pick it up there too. So thank you so much for your time. No, it's you're been, welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Been very interesting, and we'll catch Enjoy up again it. very soon, John. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Nice one. Thanks, Jerry. enjoying the content delivered on the CPI podcast. Even though it's free to listen to, it actually takes quite a bit of time and financial commitment to deliver each and every episode. Did you know that by leaving a positive written review, you, yes, you will have a direct impact on the visibility of the podcast. And that's really important because by reaching a wider audience, it helps our team to continually improve the overall content that we deliver to you week after week. For some of you, leaving a review will be second nature, but for others, it might be a first one. Open your podcast app, pick the CPI podcast and search for previous reviews. And on iTunes in particular, click to look at all of the reviews and then you'll see an option to leave a written review. Go on, it'll only take two minutes and it'll really make our day. And we genuinely read every single one of them.